This podcast is rated IS for incredibly silly and definitely contains bad words, bad jokes, and other bad content that should not be heard by anyone, least of all children. Or maybe it should be. We don't know. We're still not their parents. You're listening to the Starforge Podcast with Saya and Mal, two nerdy humans who still have a lot to say about Star Wars The Old Republic and all its features. Rest assured, the podcast is, as always, working as intended. This is Episode 35, A History of X-Packs Part 6, Legacy of the Sith. Hello, Swotor players. I am the Mal. And I'm Saya, not quite so famous, but getting there. I'm not, but you know, this is all I have, and I have to run with it. So um, Right now, you you got a really cool X-Wing t-shirt on right now, so you got that going for you. Thank you. It came from Kohl's. I like how you turn to the camera as if the audience can see it, too. You'll just have to take my word for it, you guys. Look at my chest. Anyway. <laughs> Listen, I've been playing the game kind of a lot, despite everything that's going on. And I've been playing a long time. And let me tell you something, lady. Just when you think you've seen it all, in the show notes, everyone, is a picture of what happened in an SNV hard mode on what I call the otter's boss, which is the otters. Why the do you co- call the it coin. otters? Because at the end, he says, "Oh, I'm plenty of this stuff for the otters. The otters <laughs> boss um, got these babies on Ord Mantel, right? We love quoting that boss. Yeah, or uh, also the AFK boss. Sure, what happened? So what happened to us was, well, first of all, two people were pressing frantically on the coin machine and went, excuse me, this vending machine stole my money, (laughs) did not remove a droid. Okay, fine, whatever. We get down to the floor. We press the go button. And what we saw was the entire first row of droids was green. What? We were, yeah, they were green. What's this green mean? Green meant that when the encounter started, they just stood there. Oh, we had that happen, too. When, like, the nameplates were green. They weren't enemies to you. We had that happen, too, recently. Stuff's been so weird lately. And this hasn't been the only strange thing that's happened to you lately, has it? Mm-mm. In the same raid, someone swapped to a different loadout. And I also swapped to a different loadout in the instance. And I had one person on my screen appear dead. But they were literally alive and standing right in front of me. But in the raid frame, their name was grayed out. They had no health. Dead. And I could not heal them. Could you see them, like, running around, though? Like, yes. they were clearly alive? Right? Yes, they were clearly alive. I could see them, but I could not target them to heal. Not even clicking on them in the game. Not the frame, like, their actual body. Um, and I couldn't heal them at all until they got taken into the nightmare with Styrak. And then they rezoned, and I could see them again. So you're telling me if you're dead, you should go to sleep, have a nightmare, and then everyone will be able to take care of you again? I think this is some solid advice. That's nice. But you know what? The worst part of it was it persisted after we wiped. (laughs) We wiped, and I thought, okay, it will reset. It will be fixed now. Nope. No. They were still yeah. showing up dead in my raid frame. I've heard a, a couple other people complaining about uh, this specific strange persisting beyond death bug. It's very amusing the first time it happens, but it starts getting frustrating if you're doing harder content. Um, but I feel like we've seen the operations bosses behaving more strangely lately. I don't know when this started. Um, I feel like it started around the time where they had to do that targeting fix. 
whatever that was a little while yeah, ago. Yeah, I do remember that. And yeah. like I've seen the bosses like behaving erratically as well when it comes to movement. Like when we mm-hmm. fight Tyrants, the one where he goes from square to square to square, um, he's been behaving very strangely. Like I'm not the best tank. I don't pay the best attention half the time. It is my fault. He's standing in the wrong spot. But this time was just like above and beyond weird. He has always been very strange, and now he is even stranger somehow. We're going to be talking about something else that's very stranger somehow in our next segment. Disappointing everyone. Disappointing. everyone. If you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know we've been talking about every expansion launched by launch as part of a series, what they included, and how players felt about them at the time. If you haven't listened to the rest of this multi-part series, you may want to go back and backtrack, as each expansion launch episode will give you a lot of insight into why veteran players felt the way they did when the latest expansion, Legacy of the Sith, came out. Yep, so if you don't want spoilers, turn back, turn back now! Turn around, Legacy of the Sith. We're here to spoil your shit. Okay. We're going <laughs> to kick this off here. 7.0. 7.0, a patch we all know and remember well because it is still happening now. Saya, uh, what, uh, what is the release date for this patch? And what's the controversy surrounding that? I had to go look up all of these dates because there really should only be one date for a launch, maybe a delay, but there should not be like five separate dates involved in them. Okay, I'll just I'll just go. Let me go. The 7.0 was announced early in 2021. So if you're listening to this uh, down the line from when it came out, that would have been last year compared to when we're recording this. To the great excitement of many players, we were very excited to hear there was a new expansion on the horizon, even if it was quite far away. It was originally supposed to debut late in the year, and the expansion was supposed to launch with a new story, new flashpoint, new combat style system, new operation, and new daily area on Manon. In November of that same year, it was announced that the Operation Daily Area would be pushed back until January 22, and we still didn't have a date for the actual expansion that was supposed to launch during the holidays. At some point, we got a live stream where the date was finally announced for December 2021. Woohoo! Woohoo! Unfortunately, a week before it was supposed to launch, the announcement came that the entire expansion was going to be delayed until February 2022, which is when it finally actually launched, but it still wouldn't include the Operation or the Manon Daily Area. Huh. Hmm. How are you feeling about the fact that it was delayed? How did you feel when those various announcements came out? Well... When they said that the patch was coming, but they were delaying the op, we said, fine. Okay. Because we are tired of them putting out shit and it's fucking broken. If it doesn't work, just don't put it out. I don't want it. Fine. Right. We'd had a, what what did we experience right before that? That was very buggy. I'm trying to remember. Was it Dexon that came out and had a a bit of a mess when it started? Some of it. I, I mean, to a certain extent, a lot of them come out and they have problems. I feel like it was just a general sentiment that the players were mostly okay waiting, especially because we knew it would only be two months later. We'd have this new story content to play. We'd have this new flashpoint to play. And then we could wait two months for the for the new op and the new daily area. It's not, not a huge deal, to be honest, in the timeline of things. 
But if you're wondering, if you're wondering why did everything get delayed, I don't think we'll ever see a solid behind-the-scenes answer, but here's a quick quote from the project director at the time. Legacy of the Sith is something the team has been hard at work on for quite a while, but as we get ever closer to launch, it is clear we need a bit more time. We're focusing additional testing on the many areas we have changed throughout the game to deliver the experience we want and the one that you deserve. So that's talking about the expansion being delayed, the content being delayed, all of that. I mean... At least we didn't have to buy this expansion with extra cash money, right? Right. So I guess this X-Pack, as with the one prior, was also just the cost of subscribing. No extra cash money required. Delayed till February. But when it comes out, I'm sure it will all work just fine, right? Right? Right, they've had so much time to work on it. It'll be extra finished, extra fun, extra long, right? I mean, it was extra, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> what did we get, though? A quick rundown on what we got or were supposed to get. So first off, the level cap went from 75 up to 80, and that means new gear and a new gearing system, and also all new set bonus items, which we will talk about later. We got a new story with a new flashpoint and a new planet. Mm-hmm. What else, Saya? So this patch also launched with the second iteration of Galactic Seasons with new objectives and new rewards and an updated UI <laughs> and two new <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and two new combat focused features called loadouts and combat styles. On paper, it sounds like a lot of good stuff, right? Right, right. And they updated crew skills, right? Uh hmm. It's pretty sus. All right, so here's the part where if you haven't played 7.0 or Swator lately and you don't enjoy Mal in her favorite role as Negative Nancy, just go listen to the episodes where we put companions out the airlock or smash them or whatever. Zaya, talk to me about the story aspect of this patch. Okay, we gotta stop sighing because you gotta edit all of those out or just leave them in. (sighs) (sighs) Okay, so the story... (laughs) The story is set on the lore-heavy, nostalgic, war-torn planet of Manon, and does have the nice feature of having one-story Imperial side and one-story Republic side. It capped with a flashpoint on the planet of Ilam. So it had one planet and one flashpoint, the smallest amount of new planets we've ever seen with any expansion, which is something we've been telling you about in the last few episodes of this podcast where we go over every expansion. This might have been okay if the story was phenomenal or it had a lot of ground to explore, but the player consensus was that this expansion was short. For example, there was a previous update called Echoes of Oblivion, and that technically didn't even have a whole planet involved, but the player base received the story and the cutscenes and the characters and stuff so well that there was really no complaints about it. So having one planet, having one flashpoint by itself was not a problem. The length was. It was very short, maybe an hour or two of content. Uh, You know, though, in all reality, here's the thing, though. Some of the cutscenes in this story I found to be some of the best I've seen. Real good looking. Yeah, they look good. For sure. Um, Just in terms of the style, the animation, the looks, I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, In fact, I don't even think the story was all that bad, just really short. And it unfortunately culminated in a flashpoint that did not work for at least (sighs) half of people who tried to play it. There were several bugs in the Flashpoint. Most of them resulted in your character being thrown through the map, through the world. 
and not in a TARDIS either. Just your throne falling forever. And it didn't happen to me during the last fight with Malgus, which is what happened to most people. But it did happen to me when I was fighting one of the prior droid bosses. Took Tau, threw her, and then I wondered why she was 200 meters away from me when I went to Rezzer. Wow, droid, what a knockback. How come I don't get a 200-meter fucking (laughs) knockback, you cheater? And then the droid did the same thing to me, and when I got knocked, it looked like I fell through the entire world. And the killer was, it didn't not push me off a cliff or anything. I was standing on flat ground. So that was fun. Did the bug, did the Malgus bug happen to you, Saya? So as soon as the new expansion launched, due to the short length of the story, I started receiving an outpouring of requests for help with the Elon Flashpoint. I hadn't even gotten there yet because I'm real slow. Um, I had not run into any issues even when I got there, and I even spent half an hour trying to trigger the bug so I could figure out what was triggering it myself so I could give proper advice, like make a video like, here's how you do a workaround. You know, but I couldn't even get it to trigger or figure out what was causing it or find any type of pattern from the, like, I probably had at least 100 people contact me, give or take. Um, but still to this day, I've never even seen the bug that makes you incapable of finishing that flashpoint and not being able to complete the story. So frustrating. Just so frustrating. Not just frustrating to the players, though. I mean, they did so much patching after the fact for this patch. This is by far and wide the most bug-ridden patch they have ever dropped. To not even be able to complete the small amount of story we were given was not good. Not good at all. Eventually, many players figured out a very unheroic workaround, but anyone who didn't check in with social media or the forums and had the bug would have had to simply quit the story at that point. We're still not even entirely sure if it's been fully fixed, though I've seen list reports since the final patch about it. I will say, apart from the huge bug that will forever taint my thought about this flashpoint, the environment is pretty cool. But the bosses are kind of strange and hectic, and the staircase portion is frustrating rather than fun. Even when the final Malgus fight is working, it's a very weird, strange Malgus runs around in a triangle and yells, "Yeah, it's an odd fight. Could you give me a soundbite for that, Mal? Ugh. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. I don't know. I've, only, <laughs> I've, I've literally only played that Flashpoint one time on Story and one time in Master Mode, and that's it. I haven't been back since, so that was back in fucking February. Well, I'll let um, you know he says, Nyeh, not ah, but you yeah. be forgiven if you've never gone know. back in there. Because, <laughs> so apart from the cool visuals and atmosphere, to be honest, we got one Flashpoint that I don't really want to return to. I will give some kudos to the previous Flashpoint that came out between the expansions called Secrets of the Enclave on Dantooine, because that one was a lot of fun and continues to be, even, even down the line, I don't mind going back into that one. Okay, I've talked a bunch about the Flashpoint that came out in 7.0. What about Manon, the new planet? Indeed, Manon, the new planet in which there were no dailies and no reputation that came with this patch. And that was something that was promised with the X-Pack, and it didn't happen. Uh, they are allegedly adding it in the next patch that is supposed to be You don't have to say August allegedly. 2nd. I've been on the test server. It's literally done. But yeah, the fact that it didn't come with the expansion was rough. So our camp, the camp of like me and Vaz and Elros and CRR, yeah, we'll we'll see it. We'll believe it when we'll it's in the game. It. <laughs> we'll believe it when we see it with I our eyes. I feel like that's so. a fair assessment at this point. So what did you think about the actual planet? So I it, it was okay. We didn't spend too much time there. Uh, damn, kind of rainy. At first I thought, oh, God, it's rainy. It's dreary. But I thought about it. And now my opinion is it is kind of unique. 
nowhere else really looks like that. I think it looks kind of cool. So I'm looking forward to checking out the rep, the Chivos, the dailies, another rep track to do. Right. And as I was interrupting you and screaming at you earlier, I said I was on the test server and I did check it out. Like I said, it's pretty complete as far as I can tell. Um, And the new areas that are introduced for the daily areas are also, once again, very unique areas. They're not really like anything else in the game. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Galactic Seasons 2 kicked off with this patch. Saya, what did you think about the rewards, companion, rep system for that? I know you're into cosmetic reward stuff. Excuse me, excuse me. I swear to you, I care a lot less about cosmetics than everyone else thinks I do. Um, For Galactic Seasons 2, I was actually really happy with the mechanics rather than the cosmetics. A lot of the complaints we had about Season 1 were fixed in Seasons 2. We had more variety, more choice, and player agency of what objectives we wanted to complete or ignore, and it was a million times easier to complete objectives with friends compared to Season 1. Overall, I hope that they just carry Season 2 mechanics into Season 3 whenever that comes out. I completed the season pretty quick, maybe less than halfway through, which is where I discovered the secret achievement and started working on that with some encouragement from friends and some math to make sure I could still complete it. Yeah, I I did it. Vaz and I completed the stuff. Uh, Super sneaky how one of the achievements was to complete the weekly literally every week because I went on a little vacation in the middle of it and wasn't able to play and then surprise, now you can't get the achievement. Well, fuck you then. Sucks to be me, I guess. I should have looked closer but it still makes me feel kind of annoyed. And uh, this X-Pack wasn't all that great, so annoying people with something else, probably not great. I'm mad. Not as mad as me. Thanks, Jargon Sorno. I've been calling this achievement the big achievement, so which one's the little one? You're not the only player who was frustrated about this achievement. I do like time-gated stuff. I'm a fan. I like working on stuff with other people at the same time, racing towards the same goal kind of independently but together. But I'm sad not everyone knew about it from the get-go, and I even didn't think to spread the news about it at the launch because I didn't think anyone but the most dedicated players would even chase it because it seemed so out of reach. Um, I've been listening to another wonderful podcast called The Escape Podcast, The Sotor Escape Podcast by Max and Sima, and they are experiencing a similar level of frustration about that poor, poor achievement being unreachable for them. But okay, that was frustrating. What was okay about things? So something good Maybe the only good thing, honestly, that came from this expansion. Saya, you're very passionate about this. Tell me about the magic of loadouts and combat styles. I could talk about this for like six hours. I'm sorry, guys. I'll keep it short. (laughs) We've talked about the delays. We've talked about the pushback content. We've talked about the short story. We've talked about the bug flashpoint. We skipped over a lot of the other frustrating little bugs because we can't have a three-hour podcast. Mm -mm. But with all of that... I will never shut up about how excited I am about loadouts. Loadouts allow you to switch between disciplines and gear sets with the click of a button once you've set everything up. They aren't the most intuitive to set up. They could be a little better. But once you understand how they work, you can literally switch from your balance stage to your telekinetic stage in about five seconds. It is glorious. I have 
always struggled to switch between disciplines to the point that I made over 40 characters last expansion just so I could never have to switch again. Loadouts is a major win for both convenience and for accessibility and encouraging players to try and learn different specs and jump into group content with less frustrations. It's not perfect, but it's 95% awesome. And that is a huge win for both this expansion as well as kind of the history of the game. This is something players have always wanted and it's super cool to see this in the game now. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Uh, the only thing I have to be careful of is like if I swap from my tank to my DPS on my Guardian, I then have to go fix my keybinds. I have to go reload that keybind profile. It oh, doesn't do you? save. Oh, no. Yeah, it doesn't save that part. I know because I'll be pushing buttons. Like, why isn't this happening? Oh no, I still have my DPS buttons, and then it's All right. Weird. I have a feeling that was on their like wish list of things. Like that, a lot of things actually made it into the second and third iteration that weren't there originally. For example, your outfit is saved. That is super cool. So like, you want to look like a tank, you want to look like a DPS, you can do that as part of that system. Um, so I think players would hope if there's ever another iteration of it to have the keybind saved as well as the interface saved. Right, right, right. Um, So it is nice. It does take a long time to set up because as you're gearing up and you're upgrading your gear, it is a pain to keep updating those loadouts. So you, ha- what happens is you forget and then you load a loadout and you go, oh my God, where did all my gear go? <laughs> I was really hoping when they were announcing this system, there'd be some type of third inventory you know we have mission items regular items currency tab i was hoping there'd be like a gear tab to hold my crap because i'm still playing um inventory management game it still drives me kind of nuts but i don't care i still freaking love loadouts it's not perfect but it works great and it's a thousand times better than whatever we had before so speaking of all these loadouts and styles and stuff like that what are you going to be wearing on your character when you do all that for combat well first of all we're going to be wearing whatever we want because they introduced weapons in the outfit designer. Oh, yeah. Did that come out? But wait, did they? That didn't come out with the expansion, did it? Came out a little later. (laughs) I'll take it. It was a big win. Either way, we're excited about that, too. It's a bit of a mess. It doesn't work as everyone imagined it does, but I can now use whatever lightsaber I want. Little delayed, but we have it. It works reasonably well. Um, So shut up about your cosmetics and tell me about gear. I want to know about gear. Compared to 6.0, a lot less than what you had to wear before. In an extreme X-Pack plot twist, said bonuses are no longer tied to armor shells. They blah, are blah, no blah. longer tied to armorings. Dun, dun, Wait, dun. what? 7.0 set bonuses are now on implants. Gone. Gone are the days of 2, 4, and 6 set bonus gear, and now there are just two set bonuses of your choice to mix and match for your class spec. They cost 6,500 tech fragments and some other nonsense currency to purchase. They're level 326 to start out, and we will get more into gearing detail in a minute. And they are upgradable to level 330 as of right now on August 2nd. They're going up to 340, right? I'm not entirely sure. Well, we'll see. Something like that. Maybe they'll just all catch on fire. (laughs) To be honest, it doesn't, when I saw this change, I was like, uh, okay, sure, I guess. But it doesn't feel any more difficult to get your set bonus than it did before. I don't know if it was a good change or bad change, but I don't really have any complaints. I have my set bonus on multiple characters now, and I got my first one pretty quickly. I mean, I like it because on all the other sets, like the two set bonus was always something worthless. Like, ooh, 2% mastery. They can easily roll that just into the stats. You needed to get all six. That was always the end game and now right. it's simplified to getting a whole 
one, you know? Right. Or in six, you one had to piece. get the six set and then one amplified champion piece to be the best you you could be. Um, so I guess what, if they were trying to simplify that, they did succeed in that small portion. Right. And uh, for example, on a Sage, TK and Balance, I can wear the same implants. They are the same. I need to change my tactical, maybe slight gear change, but for the most part, it's the same. My Guardian tank and my DPS can wear the same implants. There's a lot more crossplay in action, resulting in having less crap to carry around in your bank. Speaking of that now, I am down to three sets of gear, a set for my tank, a set for my DPS, and a set for my healer. Little pieces here and there if I need to adjust stats, but for the most part, it takes up one and a half bays. Where before it was like three fucking bays because every spec needed two suits of gear and uh I just run around naked and forget my <laughs> gear. It doesn't matter. But we're talking about gear. We have to talk about the stats and the item rating and all that type of stuff and gearing up in 7.0. Oh boy. So Mal has notes for me to tell you all about the 7.0 gear. But if I really did tell you everything, we'd be here all night. The previous system was pretty simple. Do any type of content. And if you get a piece of gear with a higher item rating, equip it. If you're min-maxing, a little more complicated, a little more crazy. But uh, the system itself was simple. In 7.0, there are multiple routes to gear up. Gear comes from many different exclusive sources. And to be honest, I'm still not fully geared in 3.30. And it's been six months now. While the previous system was maybe too easy with hardcore grinders gearing up in top item rating within the first two weeks, that's fast. Um, this one seemed too complicated to understand and explain and takes a very long time in grinding to gear up. I also personally don't like the fact, I know this is kind of a, a very much an opinion and not everyone shares it. I don't even think Mal does. Um, I also personally don't like the fact that casual players have no route to the best gear as it was. I was a big fan of the previous expansion and this expansion is going to get even spicier in 7.1 where there's additional gearing tiers that are even harder to get. In addition to the gearing changes, there is some more interesting problems related to gear operations and balancing. Here is the biggest problem that I have with the gear. First of all, though, I would put to you that it's been six months you don't have 330 gear, but you will. And you have your set bonus. Whereas in 6.0, you never had the best set bonus I never for got you. my set bonus. That was, I, I consider that like a weird small failing of the last expansion. Like I still like the previous expansion's overall gearing system. But if you want me to rant about my emergency power, we don't have time for that. We got to move on. Tell me about the balancing. The problem is, is that the game is not balanced correctly. I don't know what they've done. But you should be able to go into an op and whatever gear it drops, you should be able to clear that hard mode in the gear that is dropping for you in hard mode. Right now, Operations drops 326 blue Kalumi gear. Can you beat hard mode ops with blue Kalumi gear? No. No. There are a lot of fights you definitely fucking cannot. You are not going to clear hard mode Styrak in 326 blue Kalumi gear. No. That is crazy. They have balanced everything to level 80, assuming we would all be in 340 gear or something. It's like they just balanced for 340 gear and then never adjusted because we didn't have that. And also, that is a silly way to balance. Anyway, Don't you cannot balance a storm at a hard mode for 340 gear. What is wrong with you? They're so badly tuned. I can't even. And we have all moved now 
from farming to Boros Courtyard to farming Nightmare Nephra for gear. And that is not good. That is silly. That is, we're in there forcing pieces we need I to think drop. They're, I think they're trying to address that in the next iteration with the next operation being dropping specific pieces for boss. But yeah, Taboro's Courtyard to Nightmare Mode Nephra, and Nephra is even less accessible than... I mean, from what I hear, though, if you haven't been, you know, farming Nephra for all it's worth to get that 330 gear, you're not going to get very far in story mode R4. No, it's hard. It's hard. That's what I hear. So, I mean, and none of it's also the big controversy with this is none of it is moddable, which as a whole, I don't dislike because at least I don't have to manage getting three pieces within a piece that are best in slot and because that's how I'm down to just one set of gear for each thing I have, DPS, heal, and tank. And to me, that's nice because that's less stuff. For all that went wrong, I don't hate that part because it makes it less confusing from an organization standpoint. Um, the thing that people also really dislike about this, and a lot of the raiders I raid with dislike this, is how you have to upgrade the stuff. When we upgrade ops gear, I need ops mats. And I need daily mats. And I need conquest mats. No, I don't want to talk about this. It makes me scream. I can't upgrade my operations gear because I don't want to run heroics that I can, which are something you can run at like level 15 if you want. I want to run big girl content <laughs> to upgrade my big girl gear. I mean, Sorry. <laughs> I'll simmer down. No, okay. So at this point, honestly, people are so pressed to have top tier gear. Fine. Why not just make everything 330? And if you get the conquest gear, upgrade it with conquest mats, daily mats. If you're getting PvP gear, just have it cost PvP mats. If you're getting ops gear, just have it cost ops mats. That way everybody can do what they like and fine. You can all have 330 gear. I don't even care anymore because more people need to play the game at this point and it seems like it's very difficult and complicated. <laughs> it's very difficult. The game is difficult and complicated. Welcome to Star Wars The Old Republic. I'm always out of something. Yep. I got 500 yep. ops mats and I got zero daily mats. So I guess I'll just stare at this weapon I need to upgrade. It's pretty hilarious too. Uh, different types of people seem to be out of different types of stuff. Like we've had some friends who've been running a lot of story mode operations, which is very cool. I'm glad to see them doing that. But they don't have anything worth upgrading with their story mode currency because they don't have ricotta gear because they're not at the night remote nephra level <sighs> so you were talking about mods and no mods earlier and i still haven't quite figured out how i feel about it because clearly when you have so many pieces what is it you have seven modable pieces two of them only have two slots uh five mm -hmm. have three that's 15 plus four that's 19 mods armories and enhancements oh plus your freaking weapon which has like four mm -hmm. um you, there's a bunch there's like a whole bunch more pieces that are dropping that you have to manage that you have to babysit and i thought it would feel better to not have those at least be simpler for players who are not ready to manage that kind of stuff i know my poor inventory management skills uh we're, we're thankful for it but i found that because the sets were not very clearly obvious about what you needed to have the right stats i still had to go back and like babysit my stats and take care of them and make sure I had the right pieces and run back to the vendor. And it almost felt just as frustrating, especially when I realized down the line that I had been upgrading the wrong pieces to start with. I was just like, oh, if I'd had the mods in the first place, I probably would have realized this like from the get go. People think I 
want to gatekeep gear, the best gear for people. The game is gatekeeping it from all of us. Especially in 6.0, oh god, I never I never even had all the mods that I needed for all the gear sets I have. How could you possibly have right. that? Min-maxing in 6.0 was nuts. I don't think many people actually did it though, and it wasn't necessary to any degree, I don't think. I guess it depends on what you were doing. Well, it was like 20 point stat difference between between the okayest one, the the best one, so. Yeah, even still, I mean, it I really didn't care for the randomness of it right the I think you should have just sure. been able to direct buy and they did whatever. move to that they moved to direct buy for 99 percent of the things in this expansion so they, they did hear you on that one here you go mal um so i love customization and i love min maxing but i hate the act of inventory management and having to babysit my stats right that and you know stuff in the game not being balanced uh, do augments even work in pvp so. now or do they still need to fix that so speaking of balancing, 6.0 is accessible, but 6.0 was accessible. People are going to be mad, but it created a false sense of difficulty in the operations. You could skip a lot of mechanics, even in hard mode. Nightmare was hard, but doable. It felt appropriately scaled to me in 6.0. Really good example of being appropriately scaled. My butt was able to get through some some hard operations in nightmare mode with a skilled team helping we, carry my we, butt. We practiced, but we we did it, you know. Right. And if you if that was the level you were playing at Nightmare in 6.0, you're probably fine this patch. But I think a lot of people who had been doing hard modes regularly are now finding that their groups can't clear and people are quitting. Mm-hmm. And it's like I think it's half a skill thing, half a gear thing. And I don't know, like, how the tippy-top best gear is needed for things like hard mode. I, I don't think. Um, but you shouldn't have to You shouldn't have to gear like that for st- hard mode operations. To make just a hard mode operation accessible for people. To make hard mode flashpoints, you know, accessible. Or nightmare flashpoints. I don't know. They're all hard in a nightmare now, depending on who you get in the queue. Um, I mean, I see crazy stuff. I see p- we wiping on KP. Wiping on EV, because just EV 16, man, that first droid hits so hard. It's crazy. Just not balanced right. But, you know, way back in the day, we used to get all our hard mode gear, and they would come out with Nightmare. We've got all our hard mode gear from TFB. Now they have Nightmare TFB. And we used to walk into Nightmare TFB with our hard mode gear. With your hard mode gear. And... We would we could clear and get the nightmare gear. Now that made it easier for us to progress through the nightmare, but we could get through a lot of it to get what we needed to clear the whole thing. Now I don't. You can't do that. You can't wear blue 326 gear. You can't wear the the PVP 326 gear and go waltzing through a nightmare operation. This patch that ain't gonna happen. And you know it's telling because. We had an episode about sales runs. Even yeah, some this of the, is really interesting. Even some of the sales run teams aren't running sales of some stuff. I I saw the other day a Nim Brontes clear was listed as a case-by-case case or something like that. Right. You have to be able to pull your weight. <laughs> and they are very expensive. They are hella cash money for those, for right, those so before sales they, runs now. They take seven people and the eighth person could kind of just stand back. Now that eighth person really has to actually contribute or the, the whole team just can't pass, even with these super skilled, super experienced players. 
Because I'm kind of on the lower end of skill when it comes to nightmare mode players, I'm really seeing that balancing issue front and center. Some of the checks are incredibly high just for hard mode. Like if you actually look at the numbers of the boss's health and how much uh, damage each player has to do, and that's not even looking into nightmare mode. It's hurt my motivation to want to work on progression compared to the previous expansions and combine that with the difficulty to actually get gear for me and for my team members. I have a suspicion that I may not be the only one who has low motivation to tackle harder operation content. I'm really, and this includes Mal, she's she's going to be in this team. I'm really looking forward to the new operation coming out, not only because it's new and I like new stuff, new stuff's fun, but because it should be properly balanced. We've been talking a lot about gearing and stats and stuff like that. Should we even bring up the UI and what that looked like in February? My eyes! Oh, God. Oh, God, my eyes. Saya. Saya, you even told them on the forums. You told them on the forums. Why on earth does it look like this? Why? My eyes were bleeding trying to look at my inventory. (sighs) This isn't even much of an exaggeration. There are two major UI updates that came to the game. The new character creation screen and the new character sheet slash inventory thing. I gave some limited feedback on the test server because I assumed what we were seeing was the unfair finished version so I didn't give like a full critique and oh man I was wrong overall the UI updates felt very unfinished to me as if they didn't have enough testing or there wasn't enough time to make multiple iterations or designs I I don't know what happened there Um, most importantly though with the new inventory there was an optical illusion in the grid of the inventory called the Herman grid illusion that causes migraines to those susceptible to it god damn it I Mal I I wanted to make sure I got the right name for it so I went to look it up and to make sure I got the right one and I I was feeling a little sick from writing the notes and staring at the grid of the Herman Cain illusion and people were seeing this every time they opened up their inventory I just had to open it as quickly as possible, do what I needed to do, and then close it. Because I'm like, I, I can't look at this. This is crazy. And, you know, I I couldn't even find my ship gear when I went to do a space mission the other that day. That was a funny one, yeah. I had to look it up. I was like, where's my ship gear? I get people still messaging me about that. I'm why like, it's they, not gone. Don't worry. Why do they do that? It's just in a different menu. I'll get some of this shit. I really don't. I'll get moving things around, and it's not even intuitive. That's the problem with the loadouts, too. Like, goddamn, it's, okay, you have a pencil and two pieces of paper. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Don't you know? Two pencils and a is piece the of pencil, paper. Is the pencil to write it down or to overwrite, write over it? There's two papers. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about how there is no crafting upgrade this X-Pack. Nope. Nope. What have we done instead? We doubled down on those stupid fucking gold augments. Did they marry into somebody's family, those gold augments? Yes, they're uh they're one someone who works at Bioware is their nephew. God. The yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> like, get upgrade crafting and give people some cool stuff to make again. With the way stats and gear are now too, uh, we could use stims that uh, have some upgraded stats on them as well. Like give people something to do that's not make gold augments Uh, to cut them some slack i'm sure they wanted to add crafting to the expansion as we've talked about it's been a staple of every expansion up to this point but if we're picking things to cut for time and completion i'd probably pick crafting to cut too as much as i enjoy it there are also a few other changes that were made shared tagging was added to the game which is pretty cool it works most of the time a few new hairstyles renown and amplifiers were removed and the new dark versus light stuff 
Well, that shit is gone, 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 all gone now. No more fucking pop-ups every 20 seconds telling me that the galaxy has shifted to the light side or the galaxy has shifted to the dark side. I don't care about your alignment, galaxy. Just go to therapy like everybody else and talk about your struggles there, not during my gameplay. <clears throat> oh, they also made class buffs passive, but they left them on the bar. They left them on the bar. Why? Please. Well, you need oh. you need to see which ones you have because if you if you're like a scrub player and you only have a brand new trooper and that's it, you only got the trooper one. Unless you find a buddy who's got a ah, oh, it's fine, it's fine. It makes you want to scream. What else got Please. taken away? Oh, no more stealth out of combat and ops and flashpoints. So goodbye, dirty res. Bye bye. So overall, you should now kind of understand many of the reactions by the player base when seven came out. There was some good stuff and lots of awkward or bad stuff. Especially if you've also listened into the rest of the series going over the launch of the previous expansions. In short, delays, pushback content, bugs, and an unpolished release affected almost every type of player and content in the game, and Bioware is still catching up with these issues six months down the road. An additional source of strife is that this was supposed to be the game's 10th anniversary celebration, and many other pieces of the celebration puzzle, like a PvP update and crafting update, are still in limbo. One thing that isn't sitting in limbo. It's the new sensation that's sweeping the nation involving healing your party by spinning your blades around in the air. From the reporter who brought you such tales as stealthers who never sap, leap classes whose feet never leave the ground, and DPS who use AoE skills on a single target. This weekend, you can't make this Sith up. Bushwhack healers. An epidemic is sweeping the galaxy. Operative and scoundrel healers are the meta, the flavor of the patch, the alpha, and the omega. Their now legendary AoE healing cannot be stopped, and they are on a roll. Literally. Fast forward to Raid Night. Your group finds itself in need of a healer for a simple hard mode and surprise. Followed by joy, you have snared a pug scoundrel healer. The first boss begins, and then... The horror and realization hit you like a forced scream to the face. They are using bushwhack as their sole means of AoE healing. Now, this station has managed to obtain a first-hand witness statement from a co-healer, a victim of one of these bushwhack healers, and I'm going to play it for you now, but I must warn you all, the following statement is difficult to hear and may be upsetting to some listeners. We were there, all of us together, stacked up under the boss for heals, but, uh, the damage was just so much, you know? Um, I cycled through all my cooldowns, but the health bars just kept dropping. And then, well, I, I heard it before I saw it, that, that awful clanging noise, and then there it was. Those horrible blades spinning around and around on the screen and the scoundrel healer just standing there, not doing anything else. We at the Can't Make This Sith Up News Desk would like to thank this brave player for sharing their story with the world. It certainly takes a lot of courage. Who are these healers who dedicate a legendary piece to bushwhack healing? Perhaps they are unaware that parsing can be done to show which AoE heals are most effective. 
Maybe they are unaware that the underworld medicine AOE skill is currently, to quote the experts, straight up busted. This reporter can only speculate as to why bushwhack healers seem to be plaguing the galaxy. If you or someone you know are walking down the dangerous path of bushwhack healing, there is hope. Uh, Hold on a minute, folks. I'm getting some new information here from our public test server liaison. Aha. Yes, go ahead. We're live. They aren't fixing the locked and loaded implant. Removing the healing portion altogether. Uh Aha. Aggressive treatment might be one of the best in-slot implants after 7.1. Okay. Okay, that's it. I can't do this anymore. That's it. I quit. I quit. I quit. This bullshit. Going on vacation. See you all in a week. See you in a Uh, uh, hey, everybody. Uh, well, uh, guess that's it for today. Uh, let's play the music. Hi. Did you come back for me? I will always come back for you, baby. Thanks. Something we always come back for also is the news. Heard it here, last. All right, if you're listening to this, when the podcast originally came out, guess what? Update 7.1 will have already been released on August 2nd. Press X to doubt, says Mal. So we recorded this podcast before it came out, so you guys should be able to play it before, and we'll get to talk about it later on. Since we're recording this early, we also don't know the event schedule, so keep your eyes on the dev tracker, especially for news about the nightlife event. I'm laughing because I'm reading the notes and it said, keep your, and I was like, what is this a new alien coming? Stop making fun of my typos. Piss off. I thought something new was coming to the, to the, with the patch. Keep your, maybe like a pet. I'm going to go before she kills me. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good idea. I hope you guys enjoyed this overview of 7.0 and I hope it helps you understand everything that was going on. We'll be moving on to more evergreen topics in the future. So you won't have to worry about any more spoilers. Except when we review 7.1. We'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Bye. You've been listening to the Starforge podcast with Saya and Mal. We know you have your choice of podcasts and you chose the right one. New episodes drop every Friday on Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sotheresis YouTube channel, and just about every other podcast platform in existence. For show notes, pictures, and other information, visit starforgepodcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter at StarforgeCast. We love hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. I turned a smidge down. Ah! Okay, that's pretty good. That's just, just barely, barely hitting it. <laughs> oh, no, this is recording. You're going to put this in the goddamn outtakes. I would never. How dare you, Jacques, use me. Would never do such a thing. And I'll tell you Here, why. You can... <gasps> yeah, that one, too. <laughs>